Okay, so we're going to do a little bit of time travel now um, on the show, and I'm really pleased to be joined by Rosie Barker, who is Senior Engagement Officer at Birmingham Museums Trust. Uh, Rosie, welcome to the show. Thanks very much for having me. It's good to get you on, and when I say time travel, it's not entirely the right description, because we're talking about past, uh, sort of immediate past, and very much present with this current project and exhibition at Think Tank. So uh, let's start by telling folks uh, what I'm trying to get to. This is life on lockdown. So uh, let, give us uh, give us some pointers on that. Yeah, so we're, we're time traveling back to sort of May last year, which obviously isn't that long ago. But somehow when you think back to all we've been through, it seems it seems more than a, a year and a bit. So we launched a project last May to capture the experiences of people living and working in Birmingham through the pandemic. Obviously, our lives all changed so drastically last March. We really needed to to capture that because things changed so quickly. We wanted to have a record so that in the future, when hopefully we can look back and this is all a distant memory, we can tell people what it was like and, and share the experiences of, of Birmingham's people. So we did that. We, we launched Project May. We ran it in until November last year, but we're still sort of ongoing in some ways. So we've got a display now and we've put a call out for more information. But there is there's a finished bit of project now that captures really the experiences of that very intense bit of lockdown that we had last year. So predominantly, I think the project and therefore the exhibition, I guess, that has grown out of it. We're talking about images and recordings and sort of capture of people's experience. Yeah, so we could only run the project digitally last year. Um, for obvious reasons, we couldn't collect physical things, um, but we didn't put any limits on what people sent us digitally. We just wanted people to share in whatever way worked for them. So we had lots of photos, we had uh, videos, we have a song, we have interviews, we have artworks, we have poetry, whatever people felt was the best way for them to share what they were going through we were very open to and it was just fantastic to see the range of experiences and uh, expressions coming in you know it really showed what's out there in Birmingham it was fantastic to be on the receiving end of that I was the person who was checking the inbox every day and just getting this sense of how people were living their lives was a great way to feel connected to the city and there's a film as well we should mention the film because uh, people I think can access it through your YouTube channel which gives quite a nice kind of snapshot of what this is all about I think Yes. So um, a couple of months ago, we'd uh, obviously collected all this this great content and we wanted to be able to share it with people. So we worked with a fantastic local filmmaker, Seema, who's produced a short film. It's about five minutes long, which tells sort of the, a, a narrative about the, those six months that we ran the project. So from some of the real challenges as we were all trying to get used to what was happening uh, at the beginning, through some of the positives that came out, you know, certainly don't want to say there's any positives to a pandemic, but that sense of community, the way people adapted, um, and sort of looking into the future as well, and people talking about what they see as the next steps. So you can, yeah, you can find that film on our YouTube channel. It's in Think Tank as well, but obviously we're aware that not everyone can get there. So you can watch it online. Uh, it's linked from our website as well, which is the, the Birmingham Museum's website. And it's a it's a really lovely film actually, just to look back on on last year and kind of see what we've we've gone through and how we how we survived and we've pulled together. As you said, there are positives I think that have come out of the last sort of eighteen months or so. A, a few, um, we'll try and uh, tease them out as we can. But part of that sort of positive has been there's been a bit of a creative burst, hasn't there? People have been forced, I think, to rethink 
not just how they do things creatively if they are creative people, but actually whether they want to do creative things or how they might do things perhaps more um, for themselves for indiv as individuals? Yeah, and it's really interesting. So for, for several years at Birmingham Museums, we've run programmes to support people's well-being using creativity and art and culture. And we know that being creative can make a real difference to how you feel. And I know across across the world last year, people actually found that doing something creative was a great way to to rationalise, to cope with and, and to, to sort of to share what, what we were going through. And some of the responses we got were just were just lovely. I mean, we had yeah, poetry, creative writing. There's um, a local church who did uh, a community art project in, in Birmingham. So they encouraged all their parishioners to get artistic and they shared, I think it was about 60 pieces of artwork with us, which people had done to capture their experiences. And I just think that's something that, as you say, you know, we'd rather not have gone through a pandemic, but if people can find new ways to to express themselves and to to cope with things through creativity, then then that's a great thing. And this, I guess, for you sitting in the, the kind of heart of the Museums Trust, this, this sort of cuts to what museums are about, really. We forget, don't we, that museums are about collective memory, if anything. And although for a good number of people, people want to forget the pandemic and forget the last, uh, you know, couple of years, that, that period of time. But there's a lot that we need to perhaps learn and, and, and reflect on in, in, that, in that, that, that small bracket of time, isn't there? Yeah, and, and I think that that's exactly it. Museums are places where we, we obviously, we, we collect things, whether that's digitally or physically, but we use that to make sense of who we are and what we've been through. And this will help us do that. You know, we, we often think of museums as talking about the past and that's sort of as if that's sort of separate, but we're, we're all living through what will become the past. And we need to collect these things so that we can take a time to reflect on them, to look at them, to understand not only our own experiences, but those of everyone else, because we've all experienced the pandemic in such different ways. And then it is a learning experience. You, you know, we talk about teaching people perhaps about the 1918 pandemic or the Black Death and, and so on. And we need to learn about how people reacted, how the world responded, how we can do things better if we're ever in this position again, what we can take away from them. And I think it's so important to have collected experiences now, because if we left it until we wanted to talk about these things in 10 years time, it'd be too late. You know, people move on, the memories change. So it was vital to actually ask people when we're aware it's quite a, it's a big ask. If you're living through something like this, actually, maybe the top of your priority list is not going to be sharing things with the museum. But for us, it was just fantastic that people were willing to do that because it's given us so much that we can help in the future for people to make sense of this all. Now, there are a couple of real kind of what I would call flashes of colour in amongst this, which are great, I think. And I think we should uh, try and explore those in best way we can on um, radio, but uh, one of those is, um, tell us about this innovative turban mask construct that I've read about. I haven't actually seen um, the turban itself, but tell us tell us about this, because it's quite a good example, isn't it, of some very practical and ingenious thinking by people in in strange times. Yeah, so this was one of the, the physical objects that we actually collected last year, which was great. And it was made by a, a local designer or designed by a local designer in the city um, who'd noticed that people wearing turbans and with beards were struggling to wear face masks over them, you, you know, just in terms of getting something that fits your face. And obviously, we were all encouraged to wear masks. We know it had an impact on 
protecting ourselves, protecting other people. So designed a mask that fits over a turban and beard. And these things have gone into production and are being sold worldwide. So it's a really great example of some of the innovation that's come about as a result of the pandemic and someone recognising this is a problem but we can fix it. And we're really pleased to have uh, one of these donated and it's on display at Think Tank and there's photos on our website as well. And you can, so you can actually see it's kind of the, a very different shaped mask that will fit over a turban and just fantastic that we were able to collect one of those. Sunny Delilah, I think that's uh, the, the Birmingham designer's name. That, yes, uh, thank you. And the other piece I was wanting to uh, ask you about was the, um, the Gent 48 artwork. It's more than just a piece, I think, because it's a, uh, it's a kind of, it's almost a project within a project. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so Gent 48 is a local uh, graffiti street artist um, and produced an amazing mural in Birmingham, which reflects the um, the experiences of key workers contributing to, to the pandemic in the city. Absolutely beautiful piece of work. And he also produced prints which were sold to raise money for charity and we are very very lucky that he donated one of these prints to us in the museum service so we've got that on display as well and it's you know it's a fantastic piece of artwork I would recommend anyone go to see it. it's in Digbeth if you want to see the full-size one um, you can also obviously see it on the web on our website and on the the Gent 48 website if you if you google some Gent 48 and uh, and Covid and it's just fantastic again that the museum is recognised as a good place to to share some of this, these things because inevitably, unfortunately, you know, street art will at some point be painted over. It'll be it'll be lost. But we've got a print of this. And it's a really nice way, again, that a local artist has captured some of the strengths of you know the key workers who've obviously been on the front line of, of all of this. So, again, a great piece of art to have in the museum. And this is very much Birmingham's pandemic story. And uh, when I was uh, sort of reading up on this, I was wondering how Birmingham's story might differ from other places. And what, what I was trying to get to, I suppose, is, uh, you know, Birmingham is the second city, it's second largest city in the, the country. It is a, it's a fairly densely populated city, but, you know, there is space between things. I was just wondering how you, you think perhaps the, the, the physical dynamics of the city has affected how we've responded to some of these things? It's, it's a really interesting question. And in fact, so we run what's called our Community Action Panel, which is a, an advisory board that's been running in the museum for 20 odd years now. And we had a, I was talking to some of the members a couple of weeks ago, and one of them said one of the key things about Birmingham, two of the key things are it's a very young city. You know, we know that we're one of the youngest cities in Europe, so we've got a very young population. And also they described it as a city of key workers. You know, there's a lot of people in the city who have been working on the front lines, whether that's in the hospitals, um, in you know, in the shops, keeping the food going, keeping deliveries going, all that sort of thing. And obviously with a very young city, we've got a lot of teachers who have been keeping that sort of thing going with, you know, doing remote learning and so on. So I think probably it, Birmingham does look very different to some cities. You know, we, we've got a population that has had different challenges to some of the other cities. And as you say, it's a very densely populated city, but with what feel like a lot of very distinct districts. So, you know, if you live in Yardley or if you live in Handsworth or if you live in Edgebaston, wherever you live, you've, you know, those have got a very distinct identity and people, I think, have found their their home. You know, there's, there's not as much travel into the city centre as, as perhaps some cities because people have what they need on their doorsteps more. And I think that sense of community has probably been quite helpful as well. You know, if you are 
someone who lives in Moseley or Erdington, you're, you see yourself as quite defined by that identity and those people on your doorstep will be there for you and help you, which I think is something that maybe if you live in a bigger city like London, I don't know if it's the same, I'm not, not from London, but that sense of being quite a local city where you know that the people in your area are there for you, I think can only be a benefit. So folks that are listening and they are in Birmingham, where where do they need to go? Importantly, where do they need to go online to find out more about these wonderful things, but also um, so they can get to some of them? Where, where should they look? Okay, so if you go onto the Birmingham Museums website, which is birminghammuseums.org.uk, you can follow links to uh, our blog, which has a couple of posts about the project and some of the things that we've that we've done. Uh, If you want to see them in person, there's a really nice display at Think Tank Museum where, so we had over 400 submissions sent in 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 the six months of last year, and we've displayed almost all of them on a big mosaic graphic. So, you know, if you sent something in, there's a chance to go and see if you can spot what you sent. Uh, The film's also there, the turban, the artwork, and uh, a bit of a call out for collecting some more things. If you can't get to Think Tank, then you can see the film on YouTube and you can follow the links from the blog. Or um, if you look on Twitter at BM underscore AG, there's links from from there as well. So there's lots of different ways you can get to see that. And we are putting a call out. So we are asking people for suggestions. You know, the pandemic hasn't finished and the project hasn't finished. We've shifted now where we could only collect digitally last year we are now asking for suggestions for objects that we can collect because you know we are a museum service we're very keen to have physical representations as well we don't want to make those decisions with with a museum for the people of birmingham and we want the people of birmingham to tell us the objects that that matter to them you know whether it's an object that represents your experiences as as a parent doing homeschooling as a key worker as someone who was furloughed whatever it is if there's something that you think sums up your experience we'd love to know and we'd we'd really encourage people to get in touch i think people listening to that range of things that range of ways to find out um and to get involved i don't think they've got an excuse uh, not to now so uh that's great I, i think also i think i should say um, it is such uh, a really imaginative way of collecting these things. You know, it would be easy to collect just fairly straightforward examples of how we coped with this. But this is a really creative and really two-way process. So uh, congratulations on that. And uh, Rosie, thanks so much for uh, coming on to the show. No, thank you ever so much. It's been really nice to talk about the project. Thanks so much.